This past week, I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Omar Reyes. He uh, is a pastor at another church over in Keller, and he's a good friend. And uh, Omar is a spiritually deep guy, and so I'll go to him uh, with some deep type questions. And uh, at the beginning of 2017, he said, Kevin, I've got a word from God for you. And I said, what is that? He said, the word is increase. And I thought, I don't even know what that means. And said, he responded, I'm not sure I know what it means. That's just the word God gave me. See what he does in 2017. By the time that we got to the end of 2017, I thought, I'm still not sure what this word means. Uh, we had not grown like a ton, so I don't know, increase means huge. And then on, uh, for whatever reason, this was kind of weird, uh, I was looking at our giving on, uh, for the year on New Year's Eve. And I realized something, the word that he'd given to us, increase, because we had increased our giving from 2016 to 2017 by almost $100,000. Can you believe that? So I went back to him and I said, Omar, I know what your word means now. The word that God gave to you increase. And he looked at me like, like I don't even know what to say to that. That that is truly, absolutely miraculous. And I, he asked me the question then. He said, what is the word God has given to you now? And I said, well, it's funny that you asked. Since my wife asked me what the, the question, what's next, I've been going back through my 2017 journal of, of all that God spoke to me. And I thought, I don't, I've got to figure out what has he been speaking to us this year. And the word that kept coming up, and he said, I don't even know why this is, is the word powerhouse. I've used this word a couple of times, especially when it comes to giving uh, and the generosity of this people. But I, don't, I thought it's got to be something more than just that. And it was about that time in my time with God, I came across a very weird passage of Scripture uh, in the Old Testament. And I want to share this with you. It'll be on the, the screen next to me. You can find it in your Bibles if you like. But this is in Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 through 12. There's a lot of symbolism and imagery that goes along with this. But I want you to read it along with me because I want you to see what I believe God was speaking to me that day. In Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 through 12, it says this. Then he brought me back, and he's talking about Ezekiel, back to the door of the temple. And behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side. Going on eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits. And then he led me through the water, and it was ankle deep. Again, he measured a thousand, and he led me through the water, and it was knee deep. Again, he measured a thousand, and led me through the water, and it was waist deep. Again, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that, I could, not, that could not be passed through. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river, and in verse 7 he says, I went back, and I saw on the bank the river, very many trees on the one side and on the other. And he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into Arabah. That's a deserty area, and enters the sea. When the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there, that the waters of the sea may become fresh, so that everything will live where the river goes. Fishermen will stand beside the sea, from Engedi to Inglaim. It will be a place for the spreading of nets. It fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. And on the banks, on the both sides of the river, there will go all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month, because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food, and their leaves for healing. 
Now that's a weird passage of Scripture. And basically what, what Ezekiel is seeing is he has seen the temple at the end time of when Jesus returns and everything changes. In fact, I've had the privilege of being in this exact area of Israel and knowing uh, and seeing this picture in my mind. In fact, when the water is, it uses the word issuing, it really means just a kind of trickle coming out of the temple. And the weird part about this is that from the time that it leaves the temple to the time that it gets to, it calls the sea, and that's the Dead Sea, and if you know anything about the Dead Sea, it's so salty that people can actually float on top of it. That nothing can, no, no fish live there, no vegetation because of the salinity all around, not just in the water, but all around the Dead Sea. And what Ezekiel is describing, he's seen in this prophetic vision that when Jesus comes back, everything changes. And when it flows from the temple area, when it flows from the sanctuary, and it flows from Christ, and when we, when we look in the Old Testament and the New Testament, anytime you see water, water is often symbolic of the movement and the person of the Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit begins to flow, transformation begins to take place. Go back to the passage of Scripture and what, and what Ezekiel is describing he, fascinating he says that it begins to issue and kind of trickles but then uh, a thousand cubits later now it's ankle deep and then another thousand it's now knee deep and by the time that it gets to the end you can't even you have to swim to get across it and as it goes the idea is that as the waters the movement of the holy spirit flows out it gets deeper and deeper the interesting thing about rivers is most of the time for them to get bigger it takes other bodies of water to come other tributaries other rivers to make this river bigger but when it comes to the holy spirit he's all that he needs needs nothing else it so begins to flow towards the Dead Sea, and you begin to see the transformation of this dead, deserty area with this dead sea with nothing flowing, living in it, and anything around it. And all of a sudden, you begin to see vegetation arise and grow. Fish begin to teem inside the Dead Sea. Fishermen are able to throw their nets and actually fish for something now. When the Holy Spirit comes and he flows from his temple and begins to, to flow into communities and into people's lives, what we see is we see healing take place. We see growth begin to take place. We see new life beginning to take hold. And as I was reading this passage of Scripture about a month ago, God spoke and he said, here's, you want to know what next is? He says, why can Vista not be this? To the place that it lives in. And I don't just mean just this gathering on Sunday morning. This is the people. So everywhere we go from this place, can we not bring life because the Holy Spirit lives in and through us? What's next is, I believe simply, that God is calling us to leave and go from this place and bring new life, where life, people's lives who are away from God, they desperately need a relationship with Jesus. And we're coming to a time in our country and even in our own community where they're not coming on Sunday morning. But the picture that we have of the Holy Spirit flowing from the temple, the house, and the dwelling place of God is the Holy Spirit goes out, and I believe His people should do the same. That when we leave this place, we are taking the Holy Spirit and His power and His movement to the people that are in our lives. To me, that's what next is when it comes to Vista Church. He's placed us here for a purpose, not just for the last 10 years and what He's done in and amongst us, but what He wants to do in the next 10 and the next 20. He wants it to start small, but then it grows bigger as we go out together, the body of Christ. So I began to think, what does that literally mean for us? Specifically, what does it mean for us? And there's four things I want to give you this morning. 
That as we begin to flow out with the Holy Spirit from the dwelling place of God, which is now the church, it's no longer a structure, a temple, but now it's the body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit. There's four things that I want us to focus on this year. The first one is we must become a people of prayer. And starting January 21st, the way that we're going to do this is we're going to have a 50-day emphasis on prayer all across the board. I was telling my friend Omar, I said, you know, we had this unbelievable giving Sunday. The only way we can describe it is miraculous. Um, the, the Holy Spirit breaking in in ways we'd never seen before. We're stepping back when we set a goal of 50, and $69,000 is given for everything to flow out from us. Again, the work of the Holy Spirit flowing from the dwelling place of God. I said, but if we're going to answer the next question of what's next in the life of Vista, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what that is. The only way I know to determine what that is is go back to where we start. We must become a people of prayer. If we're going to be a powerhouse, and don't misunderstand me when I say this, the word power does not originate from us. The word power originates from the Holy Spirit coming from and in us and flowing outwards. And the house is the body of Christ. And so when you put those together, it's the Holy Spirit and the dwelling place of God coming together to do miraculous things. In fact, I began to look up the word powerhouse to figure out what that really meant. And it basically is a person, a group, or an organization that has significant influence, significant power, significant uh, ability to make change and to do things in a community or a group, wherever it may be. And the interesting thing about this is it doesn't say it has to be a big group of people. Size is irrelevant. In fact, growing up, we watched a, a cartoon that many of you probably have no idea what it, what it is, but it was Mighty Mouse. Anybody ever watch Mighty Mouse? Did everybody, those of you that watch Mighty Mouse, did you ever think, wow, that's a mouse and he's got super strength. That's just stupid. No, no, that's not going to, you know, we looked at it, we watched it thinking, I wish I was Mighty Mouse. Unfortunately, I wish too much and I turned into Mighty Mouse. Mm. I wish, I wish for He-Man or something better than that, seriously. Stretch Armstrong, he was kind of awesome. But we never looked and said, wow, that's, that's a cartoon that's dumb, that doesn't happen. We looked at it and said, that mouse has significant strength regardless of how big he is. God's calling us to do things that are bigger than our size. That's why the word powerhouse keeps coming to mind. Now I've been, at the beginning of this year, I've been reading through the book of Acts and time and time again, a small group of people through the power of the Holy Spirit are doing unbelievable things to see the church begin to take root and the kingdom of God extended. But as I look through the book of Acts, it's their time of prayer that the Holy Spirit comes. Peter stands up, the Holy Spirit comes upon him because he'd been spending time with prayer with 120 people, and then he's able to see 3,000 people come to faith in Christ in one day. What would happen if we, across the board, said we're going to become a powerhouse of prayer that our community desperately needs us to be? I don't care where you are, whether you live in Heartland, Crandall, Combine, Sigaville, Forney, Kaufman, wherever, the fact is you're part of this body, you're part of this powerhouse that we're becoming. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for the people around you. But in this 50 days of emphasis that we're calling Pray It Forward, it's going to be praying for God to do amazing things in our community, to see transformation to take place. 
from our children to our teenagers to our adults to our groups to Sunday morning. It's going to be an entire emphasis. We're going to be sending you out prayer points on a daily basis for every day that you pray for something specific, knowing that everybody else in the body of Christ is praying that exact same prayer. There's huge synergy. There's huge power in that. Our community needs it. Powerhouse prayer. The second word is this, and I've used this time and time again, powerhouse of giving. For those of you that are new with us today, we had a, this thing we call the Big Give, the first Sunday in December, and it was a one-day offering where all the money went to mission endeavors outside of ourselves. This past week, I've had all of the, the guys that were helping to start churches respond back to me with something, saying, I, cannot, I just found out that you sent this. It's unbelievable. We don't, I don't even know what to say. And that really was what most of the emails and the text messages and the phone calls started with. I'm not even sure what to say. Because several years ago, we said we want to become a generous people where we just weren't generous, but we overwhelm people with generosity. And the fact is, you overwhelm them to the point they don't even know how to respond. In fact, we'll have a video here in a little bit before we give with one of our guys that we support talking to directly to you because of the big give. He's calling us to be a powerhouse of generosity. And I was telling Omar about, he said, I mean, I saw what you did on, on Facebook. You know, how, do you des- how do you describe this? And I said, the only word I can use is miraculous. And he's, a, he's a, one on staff of a church of about 1,700 people. And he said, we don't have that kind of generosity. And I thought, this is what it means to be a powerhouse. Powerhouse of people who are praying, powerhouse of people who are giving. And one of our church planters called and said, his name is Subhash. She's in one of our Indian church planters. He, the response he gave was, here's what we're going to do with the money that you gave to us. We're going to start other churches with it. And so the legacy continues. Now it's not only Vista here in Heartland, now it's another church that's planting new churches, not only in India, but Nepal as well. He says, we're going to take this and we're going to do exactly what you did with us. Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving. A powerhouse of prayer, a powerhouse of giving. And then I thought, we need to take another step. What is our next step? We need to become a powerhouse of releasing people to do kingdom work. It is time that Vista Church get back to what we were doing several years ago of taking trips to different places, whether it's around us, to other places in the world, to do kingdom work using jobs, using skills, using experiences, whatever it is in your life that you can give to kingdom work, it's time that we begin to release people to do that. Begin to look at, again, in the the book of Acts, that the center of Christianity started in Jerusalem. And Jesus told them, he said, you'll be my, my witnesses to the uttermost parts of the world. The problem is that these early disciples decided they were going to start in Jerusalem and stopped there. At some point, they got comfortable with where they were, and so God moved the center of Christianity in Jerusalem, and he put it in Antioch. And the difference was they began to send people out. And Christianity began to spread. And eventually we come across a man named Paul. And Paul would take people with him, and then he would release them to go do their own kingdom work. There's a, a phrase that's been going around for several years now, It's kind of in vogue, but it's very difficult to put into practice. That if you really want to know the health of a church, it's not its seating capacity that counts, it's its sending capacity if you want to see a healthy church. So pastors are really the only ones that like to have big churches because that means we have a big crowd to speak to. The 
The pastors on the other side of the world that I know, they don't care about big crowds. They care about how many people are they sending out to go do kingdom work. That's a powerhouse. We must become a people who, not just on trips that we organize, but every single day we realize that God has put us on a, at least a short-term, if not a full-term, ministry assignment. Wherever we go to work, wherever we go to volunteer, wherever we go, we are on mission with God. And we are releasing you to go do kingdom-type work. Some of you, and I'm going to be honest with you, some of you on a daily basis do more kingdom work than what I will do in a whole month. Because you are interacting with people who have significant needs in their lives. I will never see them. But on a daily basis, you are interacting with them. You are loving on them. You are counseling them. You're bringing them step closer to Jesus. You are doing more kingdom work than what I will do sometimes in a year. Why? Because it's time to release the disciples to go do kingdom work. That's a powerhouse. If all we're concerned about is how many people we have here on Sunday... And that'll be the metrics that we measure ourselves by. I'd rather do something different. In fact, I believe this. Some of you are here today, and you're going to be scared to death by what I'm about to say to you. I believe God is going to call you to go plant another church. I believe that maybe you're to help, or maybe you're to start. I don't know what he has in mind for you, but I believe some of you are here saying, God is calling me to do something. And honestly, it's going to be a daring step of faith. But you're not here for the long term. You're here to go do something else outside of us. And we want to release you and send you to do that. That's a powerhouse. That's the church at Antioch, not the church at Jerusalem. And what we begin to see is the Holy Spirit flowing out from the dwelling place of God. And the further it goes out, the more kingdom work is done. More healing takes place. More lives are transformed and changed. I believe that's what he's calling us to, if you want to know what our next step is. And the final one is this, become a powerhouse of prayer, become a powerhouse of giving, of overwhelming generosity, become a powerhouse of sending and releasing people to do kingdom work. And the last word is this, a powerhouse of searching. I believe our time has come, that our time here in this school is coming to an end. And I believe it's time for us to begin to search for a permanent home for Vista Church. I don't know what that looks like. Never been through this. Cool part is we have a lot of people here that have. But this year we're going to begin to search for a place where we move from this school to a permanent home for Vista. And the reason I wrote this, and I wrote it in my journal, that I'm now 45 years old. What is the next group of people, the next generation that's going to make up Vista? What are we going to leave behind to them? What's it going to look like when, when Vista Church is 50 years old and I'm no longer the pastor here and probably long gone at that point? But what we have left behind to continue this legacy? And I believe it's time for us to move from this school. We've been here now eight years, uh, eight and a half or so, and so it's time for us to move beyond this. And so we're going to begin a search of a piece of land, a property. That's why we go back to point number one. We need you to begin to pray like crazy, and we'll help you and guide you in that. So when we began to look at this, and the reason I bring all this up to you is Kathy started with the question, what's next? God said, here's what, what next looks like. It's going to take the whole body, the whole dwelling place of God to be a part of this. But I want to bring this to you now at the beginning of 2018 so you can decide, am I in or I out when we're about what we're about to go and be a part of and do in this new year? I want you to know exactly where we're going. I want you to become a person, a family, a cell group of prayer. I want us to continue to be the generous people of God that he's called us to be. 
Because I believe that above, above all else, he's called us to be on mission with him and to help other churches get started. I don't want that to ever end. I think he's called us to help the homeless people in Waco. That's never going to end. I want us to add on the, the, the releasing part of sending people around the world to do kingdom-type work using their jobs and their skills and their passions. And I think we need a base of operation for do that. One for the long term. So we're going to begin a search for where he wants us to call home. So my question to you is this. Looking back at what Ezekiel has presented to us, everyone can have a part in this. I want you to be a part of this. I believe he has great things in store. Omar finished our conversation the other day. He said this. He said, Kevin, that you're the big give, that was a, you know, a lot of times what God does is he begins something in the natural and he concludes it in the spiritual. He was alluding to a passage of Scripture where our natural bodies will be replaced with spiritual ones. He said, what you did in the natural was your church gave abundantly. They sowed abundantly. He said, I don't have a word for you, but I have a picture for you this year. I said, lay it on me. He said, I believe what God started in the natural, he's now going in this year bringing the spiritual. He says, I think you need to get ready for God to bring salvations into your place. I think you need to get ready for God to see people want to be baptized and show their allegiance to Jesus as Savior and Lord. You need to be ready for spiritual things, healings to take place, families to be reconciled. What, you need to be ready for God to do something amazing in your midst. You reap what you sow. Do you want to be a part of that this year? Is that what you want to see take place in your life, in your family's life, in our community's life, and in this dwelling place that we call Vista Church, the dwelling place of God? The Spirit is moving. I want you to be a part of it. Let's pray together.